This is the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheiman, brought to you by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is ensuring success. From the Gal Media Studios, here's Greg Scheinman. All right, here we go. Midlife Mail Podcast time. Greg Scheinman here with you. Exciting this week. Terry White, founder of Wolico, Way of Life Athletic Company, with me on the show. Ever go to work out, go for a run, a walk, any type of activity, and there's just no good place for your keys, your phone, maybe even a credit card, a few bucks. Yep, been there constantly. Frustrating. Well, Terry had the same frustration. With his keys in his sock, a phone bouncing in his shorts, he couldn't focus. That frustration sparked an idea. I love these stories. Idea to execution, the entrepreneurial vision. From day one, that vision that Terry had to empower people to pursue an active way of life. Thus, Wolico, Way of Life Athletic Company. Pretty cool name. He spent a year and a half designing, developing, and perfecting the Northmore Short. With sweat-proof pockets, this patented compression system changed the game. And finally, there was a functional, stylish, quality product out there that was also able to secure those phones and keys and all that stuff that was jingling and bouncing around or you didn't have a place for. They've gone on to release a number of additional products. I own them. I wear them. They're awesome. Terry was raised in motion. He grew up playing every sport under the sun and went on to become a collegiate lacrosse player. Throughout his life, he put every type of gear to the test, not even realizing he was training for his own moment to make something better. Now he puts that knowledge to use, creating performance wear that is intuitively designed for the modern athlete's active way of life. Let's welcome Terry White founder of Wolico, to the Midlife Mail podcast. This is Terry White. He is the founder and CEO of Wolico, Way of Life Athletic Clothing Company. Did I nail that or did I botch that at all? <laughs> uh, it's, it's Way of Life Athletic Company. Athletic Company. Uh, Here we so go. Minus mine the clothing, but, but honestly, well done because we, you know, we didn't rehearse that. So <laughs> the unscripted part. So we're about 30 seconds in. Good. The first correction on there. But Terry, I'm super excited, as I said, to have you on. I'm a big fan of what you're doing. Um, I was wearing, wearing your stuff this morning. It performs well. It's awesome. Um, got connected to you through some, again, some really super people. And I really appreciate that. So let me ask you first, because I like, I like to start kind of here. Mm-hmm. What's your day like? You know, what what time do you wake up? How do you start your day? How did I even get on your calendar? You know, take take me through kind of what your daily daily routine is. For sure, yeah. I mean, um, first of all, thank you, Greg. Uh, thank you for having me, and um, that's first and foremost. But you know, I it's it's interesting, right? It's um, I think from the beginning. Um, a lot of what we've done has been very kind of bootstrapped and, you know, we've been very patient with the way that we, that, you know, kind of, I brought my business uh, to be and, and to get to the point that we're at. And you know, over time, my routine has, has evolved a little bit, but, you know, I think, and I, and I wish I could say that it's, it's, you know, 
bulletproof, right? It's it's locked in. It's exactly how I go about each day. But um, you know, when, if I'm being real, you know, we've gone through phases. There've been times where um, you know I've had to spend long nights um, prepping, you know, a campaign launch of some kind, and you know that puts me into a different sleep cycle, and I have to kind of adapt and react. But um, but you know, I think all of that considered, there there are a few things that have um, kind of stuck with me, a few principles that I try to try to stand by, and you know, I, it's a little bit cliche, but you know, the the first being exercise, um, you know, and it's one of the just the, the sounding principles that I obviously um, yes put behind Woolico, um is just the idea that if I can find time to to really get my blood flowing, you know, on on the earlier side of every, you know, of as many days as, as human possible, you know, the sharper that I'm going to be on those days. And, you know, over time that adds up and, um, you know, it's little things like that, little details and consistencies that um, consistent, good habits that are, that are uh, put into place consistently that I believe really, really add up and, and, um, you know, can be really constructive towards just kind of building, you know, your most productive, most productive self and um yeah so for me you know exercise i was very lucky especially you know about during the first year of really getting my business off the ground to connect with a community of people that woke up early and and worked out together at 6 a.m every single day and for me you know um especially during that kind of isolated phase of entrepreneurship to have that community to go to and to, to interact with those people first thing in the morning was really powerful and looking back on it, especially, I think it was is kind of invaluable for me. But you know, so I you know exercise early in the day as as frequently as possible has been has been huge for me. And um, and you know just you know intuitive diet. I think you know diet and exercise. I, I think are two. You know, those are the those are two key components for for kind of fueling who I am and fueling my day and helping me to make kind of clear headed decisions. So. You know, my diet's been fairly intuitive, and over time, I've I've um, just kind of continued to hone it and started to really understand what to eat and what not to eat. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, other than that, <laughs> scheduling is uh, scheduling is is uh, something that um, has been honestly it's, it's challenging. Um, but one of the things that I've done is is I try to use kind of the kind of dark windows of time throughout you know a seven day week. Um, you know, picking, finding five hours on a Saturday, um, taking three hours in the evening before I go to sleep to really put, put legwork in. And, um, for me, those are consistent habits that I've, I've made a part of my day for the past, or the part of my routine for the past, you know, three, three, four years. And, and I believe that, that, um, those have allowed me to kind of stay on the top of my game and, and kind of maybe rise above, average um and uh have been really key to, to helping me kind of i think get my business off the ground and you know at the root of it all is just kind of discipline and really trying to institute discipline throughout it now Linda, you you were an athlete yourself i mean you played lacrosse at, at harvard you went to harvard um did you know that you wanted to be kind of in the athletic space or athletic wear space or, or apparel, um, and I know you, and we'll talk about this. You kind of kind of fill the void in the way that in the way that 
differentiate yourself um, with the product, and we'll get into that too. But did you kind of fall or back into this, or was this an idea for you that in an industry that you wanted to be a part of being an athlete yourself and combining kind of your athleticism, your education, um, and entrepreneurship? Yeah, you know, I think the, the athletic route is, is huge. Um, just kind of that, that foundation in my life uh, definitely has played into to what I'm doing now. But I think, um, you know, for two main reasons. One being that, you know, I have this intimate understanding. It's almost like it's, it's intuitive, uh, an intimate understanding for the apparel that goes along and, you know, the equipment and the apparel that goes along with supporting, you know, uh, performance-based activities. And, you know, <laughs> in a way I've built up, uh, kind of compounded this, this, you know, strong opinions about what's right, what's wrong, um, you know, what's premium, what's cheap. And, you know, what's interesting about that is it, a lot of it's become, you know, a lot of it is fairly intuitive and, and it's been fun for me to kind of, I think it's been actually critical because it's allowed me to make quick decisions throughout the process of developing product, which can, you know, um, just uh, innately, it's a, it's a fairly, um, can be a drawn out process, getting physical products made and developed um, and iterating time and time again. It takes, it takes time. So I think the fact that I was able, I've been able to move quickly and make decisions fairly intuitively has, has really been helpful um, and kind of integral into kind of getting to where we're at. Um, so I think, you know, that's definitely part of it. I mean, just understanding the space and sweating in apparel and how it, how, how the apparel reacts to, to your physical exertion. Um, but I think honestly, what's, what I like to focus on um, you know, as it relates to my athletic background is really um I, I ultimately, like you said, I ultimately played, ended up playing lacrosse at Harvard. I, I, high school was hockey, football, lacrosse. Before that, it was soccer, hockey, swimming, football, lacrosse, running. You know, anything that I could kind of um, get my hands on, I, I would, I would participate in. Um, but eventually, it became lacrosse, and you know, I, I was at Harvard, but I. I tell people that I honestly think my first passion there was really my team. You know, it's an incredible academic institution and you, know, you meet amazing people and it is a really cool experience um, to be up there in Cambridge for four years. Um, but when I look back on it, like my, my first love was really that, that team and that group of people that I you know, woke up early with and, and um, put, put that, that work in, and, you know, we were striving towards something that you know, championships that, you know, that we may not actually ever achieve. Um, and there's something about that journey that really made me my most kind of, I think, real self. And I was really kind of in my element there. And I think when I graduated, um, you know, there's a pretty real whole, pretty significant uh, void to fill. And I, I found that, that being, um, you know, going a more traditional um, track with, with my career, I tried a few things. I tried finance um, as, an in, as an intern while uh, during my undergraduate years and then 
realized that was not for me. So I pivoted towards real estate because I felt that that tangible product is something that that um, I could wrap my mind around a little bit better. Uh, but still, you know, sit at, sitting at, at a desk all day, um, you know, wa- found myself watching the clock, and I just knew that there wasn't there's was some misalignment there, and I was lacking a lot of that passion that I once had. So, so it's interesting. I think when I think about entrepreneurship, it's this it's this journey that's so rooted in passion and purpose and um you know it's a, it really is a grind and um i think i I've, I've been able to channel a lot of that competitive energy from being on a team uh, into this this endeavor um and it's become just a very uh seamless part of my life it, it's you know uh, fortunately um as i moved into the real world i started to really understand the importance of health and fitness and and that only played further into this kind of vision that I, I ultimately ended up having for for the brand um, that is today. Uh, but but all these you know all these different factors came together, and I, I really think um, my my athletic background definitely had an impact on um, on me doing what I'm doing now. Um, so yeah, yeah, me, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Let me ask you how you know coming from a team being part of a team that obviously meant so much to you um, to your philosophy and how you've gone about building your own team at your business. Um, You know, it's, it's a great question. I think um, it's funny because as I alluded to before um, early on, a lot of the entrepreneurial journey is, is spent in a fairly, you know, isolated way as much as, you know, there's a ton of, everyone wants to support. And that's one of the things that I, I learned. There's so many supportive people, you know, when you're going after something and you're trying something that that's risky and, you know, that's less conventional, mm-hmm. people really do, really do rally around you. But at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're sitting at that coffee shop by yourself on a Saturday, you know, recent college grad, all your friends are kind of running around, you know, spending money, uh, doing these things that that aren't really in line with what's going to get you to where you want to be, and you have to kind of stay stay that track and stay focused. And it can be it can be challenging. So you know, the early years, it's um, you know, you, you start to bring people into your team, and um, you know, I think absolutely diverting back to uh, experiences that that I had had previously um, on the playing field and. Um, you know, it's cool. I think, um, I think, as I alluded to before, it's it's a pretty um, starting a business. It's so it's so intimate, and you're working with people in a in a very kind of passionate environment. And mm-hmm. you're also often asking people to you know work for not much compensation, or you know they're working on a promise, or you know they're working on a on a um, on a vision. Um, and believing in your vision, so you know there's there's plenty of leadership that goes into kind of um, selling that vision, and you know you're always selling and you're always um, you know communicating, uh, and it's one of the things that I think it's actually a skill that I I picked up. Um, I think I've I've picked up just by being in this environment. Um, I was the captain of my lacrosse team, but I I did always feel that I, I had some deficiencies even as a captain. One of which being communication. And um, I think being in this environment, I've been able to really develop that skill and, 
you know, you never really, you know, when you're in in an intense environment building a business, um, you need to always understand kind of where your employees and your team members' psyche stand. Um, And there's a really kind of um, intense self-awareness that needs to occur. And and I think that's one of the, probably one of the most important elements that goes along with managing a group of people is always kind of knowing where they're at mentally um, and making sure that everybody's in a good, a good, good headspace. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you have this idea and an inspiration, but it actually, Take me through this because it actually the idea behind your your original product, the first product, which was the the Northmore short. If I get this right, tell me back too about kind of the frustration of not being able to carry kind of either a music device, a phone, or something. You know, during you know during your workout. And it's funny because I've never been able to wear those armbands. I've never been able to figure out like where to where to put my device or how to carry it around. Um, Take me through kind of the idea through execution and this, I guess, void in the marketplace that you, this opportunity and, and issue and problem that you were trying to solve. Yeah, so I think, yeah, kind of as I mentioned, I, I was definitely at a, an interesting point in my, in my young professional life um, in that I'd already developed some pretty strong sentiments around, like, you know, the style of work that I, I thought I needed to be doing. And, you know, the, the corporate thing was starting to, you know, I could tell that I wasn't really meant to be there. And, and as I mentioned before, the act of being healthy and, you know, staying sharp and you know, building those things into your routine and, and, um, you know, really making it a, a seamless part of your, your lifestyle was something that I was really gravitating towards. I, I just saw how important it was. And I actually felt that in the culture, especially being here in New York City, there were plenty of people that, that were my peers that were getting pulled into kind of more of a sedentary way of life um, or certain um, indulgencies that went along with, you know, working and, you know, having access to the, the corporate budget to entertain clients. And, and it could pull people into directions that they're not really – they don't really want to be going in, but it's just, it, it happens because there's a culture that, that um, says that that's okay. And then that's the way things are meant to be. And so I, I was starting to develop a lot of these different opinions about, I, mean, I felt that, that um, there was a better way. There's so many guys like me that could be living their life in a, a um, in just a more kind of purposeful, uh, in a more purposeful way. And um and then, you know, <laughs> I consider myself lucky. I was actually in um, New York City soon after Hurricane Sandy because I'm from New Jersey. And um, oak trees were falling. I was, I was living, I was actually living in New Jersey at the time. I was living at my parents' house. And um, the storm hit and we were out of power for like three weeks. So I, I moved into New York City with some friends and um, I was staying at their apartment because portions of Manhattan were pretty much kind of un, unscathed from the storm. And um, I, w- I would leave their apartment to go for runs. Uh, and um, one on one fateful run, I, I left the apartment and found myself carrying my phone in my hand and taking their apartment keys, stuffing it into my socks. And 
I have a difficult time really focusing on the active, you know, the run itself. I, I was like worried that I might slip on a curb and, you know, fall, drop my phone and, and, you know, crack my phone and hurt, you know, hurt my hand. And, uh, and, you know, I'm also kind of concerned that these, these keys might fall out of my socks while I'm running. And there's a problem living out in the suburbs before that, that, you know, I didn't have to deal with the keys. Um, so it was kind of apparent to me that, that this was kind of a, a hassle. So I got back and started chatting with a few of my friends and I was like, guys, how do you usually handle this? And, and one of my friends was like, yeah, I was always wonder, I always wondered why there aren't pockets on compression shorts. And, you know, when I had that, when he said that, um, I was just like, you know what? Yeah, why not? <laughs> and, uh, for me, that was very much kind of like the trigger, that kind of light bulb moment where, um, I was already developing a lot of these different opinions and, and, um, I had this specific idea and it all just started adding up for me very quickly. I felt, Oh, if I have this, this product that could solve a very specific problem that a lot of other guys like myself are experiencing, then, you know, maybe it could lead to something even bigger, you know, a brand that means, means a lot more. Um, so, you know, when I had that idea, it was just, okay, how can I, how can I start nudging this forward? Um, yeah. And, yeah. So when you have that idea, that, that light bulb moment, what do you do? Uh, I don't know anything about finding a manufacturer or do you take existing, do you go out and you buy every existing compression short out there and search around to say, okay, none of them have pockets. I want, can we attach a pocket to these quality wise? Mm -hmm. What I always get interested and fascinated is kind of that next, that next step, which is, okay, I want to put a pocket on this. Where do I go now? How do I try to make this happen to a prototype, funding, however it worked to, to create? And this goes back to, to 2012, I think, right, when, when you first sketched this out. And now we're, you know, coming to the end of, of 2018, and we'll get to the growth in between. But what were those first steps that, that you took, yeah, I um, you know the first steps are it's a combination between like you said just you know the internet makes things easy you can kind of Google and um, figure out whether or not there is something out there that would hinder you from entering the market and not just from you know is there a product on the shelves that looks like this but you know within the the USPTO the Patent Trademark Office is there anything patented that would hinder us from entering the market. Um, so, you know, one of my friends, dad is an attorney, he connected us with a patent and trademark attorney. And, you know, we, we put together a little bit of a you know, presentation and they, uh, they took that and went and, and ran their kind of test of the databases to figure out whether or not there would be something, there's something out there. Um, and that was, you know, kind of step one. And, you know, when it came to searching kind of the, the market itself, we didn't we didn't see anything. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, and then from there on, like it's 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 you know very possible you could miss something. So, um, you know, eyes eyes and ears are always open as as you kind of cautiously move forward after you you know after even those initial steps. But um, that's you know that was number one, and you know from there it's like okay now how do we you know how do we get this developed? And you know, I had a few pairs of like Nike compression shorts from college that, that I was still using that were all kind of like shredded up. One had a hole, 
a hole in the butt uh, from, you know, I, I remember a play in college where I dove and uh, chased the ball out of bounds and, and it just shredded up the side of the compression shorts. And I remember using that pair to like actually take a Sharpie to it and use, you know, and also that pair also re- kind of represented the, in a way, like the flimsiness of, of that garment and the fact that it was, mm-hmm. you know, fairly easy. It broke down very easily, fairly easily. So um, I looked at it as an opportunity to not only build and function, but also elevate that product category a little bit and bring more of a premium approach, uh, well-built durability to to that product category. Um, yep. And I, I found a manufacturer, actually a company in Minnesota, just by, again, Googling, using the internet, um, ask, you know, plugging in the right keywords and uh, a company in Minnesota that was willing to do um, prototyping. They essentially had the in-house design capabilities and their business model was set up so that they could bring entrepreneurs in that had a vision but mm. n- but no technical expertise of kind of design and development. So I worked with them remotely, mailing samples back and forth um, for you know, over a year while I had my, uh, my full-time job in real estate. And, um, you know, and there's a, a long period there where, you know, it's, it, again, it's been a while, but, you know, it, it, there's at the early stages, there's really only so much you can do because, like I said, product development is a slow process. And there was a lot of kind of anxiousness over the course of those, that year and a half where, where I'm sampling and prototyping. Um yeah. You know, is something going to come out in the market that's going to make all of this energy, you know, worth, you know, worthless? Um, I understand. Yeah. Two, two things. One, I don't know if you're catching the, the jackhammering or whatever in the background noise. I mm-hmm. didn't, but apparently my neighbor where we're, uh, is jackhammering something somewhere. So if anybody's <laughs> picking up on that audio, hey, my, my apologies, but this is live, unscripted, you know, podcasting and they're building something next door, so we'll, we'll work we'll work through that as best we can. We'll clean up whatever we can in in post. But getting back to kind of what we were we were talking about, when was the moment also that you've got the product, it meets your expectations. This is where you want to kind of go all in. When did you get, I guess, kind of enough either proof of concept or the response to the product and what you were putting out? It was strong enough to say, okay, this is a business now, and I can go, I can go all in because obviously since that time you really have you've built up a brand, you've expanded the product line, but off of that one original that first product, when did it get to that point where you go, okay, we're we're onto something here. This is not just going to be a pair, you know, of of shorts, but this is going to be a brand or as you put it, a way of life, and we can platform off this and really go all in and turn it into something. Great, great question. I mean, I think there's, um, you know, being, I always say, like, in a way, I'm lucky to have had an idea at a relatively young age. And I don't, and I'm lucky because I was a little bit naive, you know, as I to the... cut you off, but how old are you now, just out of curiosity? I'm 29. 29, okay. That's yep. Nowhere near a midwife male, by the way, but... <laughs> I'm, I, I mean... I feel like, you know, I am, I am. In a way, I am, right? Midlife is a broad, uh, broad category. 
We'll talk. To, we'll have you back when you're 45, okay? If I'm still able to <laughs> at that point. But we'll get into you know guys that should be wearing this, um, yeah. you know, as I am also. But go on. I just wanted to you know make sure everyone kind of knew which, what context we were speaking into. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's um, I think early. It's it's little. You know, it's little affirmations. Um, you know, little wins, and and they add up. You know, I think we. Uh, I ultimately used the Kickstarter campaign to launch the um, to really launch the brand, and that's really kind of the big moment that I um, that I often refer to. But but even before Kickstarter, I um, I launched a a few small pre-sales with uh, with my brother actually, um, who was very supportive early on. He's actually now in medical school, but um, <clears throat> was kind of my business part out of the gate, and we built you know, kind of a very basic website and took prototypes from the factory in Minnesota and we photographed them um, and got them up on our website and built a few small campaigns uh, leveraging kind of our immediate network and using social media a little bit. And um, we were able to, you know, able to sell 250 units in, you know, I think like three or four weeks. And then, um, then we did it again. We're like, Oh, well that kind of worked. Let's, let's, Let's do another one, and we sold another 250 units, and then we realized, well, okay, I think there's something here, and, and you know that, you know, that was a, an affirmation, right? People are taking money out of their, <laughs> out of their pockets, and they're and they're handing it over to us for this this product that we've developed, and um, and also the way that it was structured was very important, right? To bring the bring the cash in before, um, before putting it out into um, into inventory. Uh, it was not a speculative purchase. We actually, um, you know, we actually knew that you know, we actually already had orders uh, before production. We just set expectations um, of delivery being, you know, about a month out from from purchase. Um, but you know, it was really after that we're like, okay, we have this idea. It's unique, and people are responding to it. We need, you know, let's go bigger. And um, so we spent a couple months after that building focused solely on a Kickstarter campaign and um, you know, we did some really good preparation and um, you know, very organically had a, a campaign that, you know, exceeded our, exceeded our wildest dreams. And, you know, it was a, I think like 400% over our fundraising goal. We raised about $122,000 on Kickstarter. And, um, you know, I think in that moment that was really, um, biggest like affirmation that was like okay you know let's do this but but i think you know the nature of this this kind of business this like consumer goods business is that it really is so difficult and um it's just it's it really is difficult and you know especially when you you know it's a bootstrap especially when you take a bootstrapped approach and i think um i was in a weird way like and that's why i mentioned being naive like i was always so certain that like this was going to be it for me. And um, I think it's that conviction that that's kind of pulled me through uh, a lot of the turbulence um, and the, like, I, as I like to call it, inertia that was working against me along the way. Um, and it's not just against me. It's anybody that's trying to do this sort of thing. It's just that force that's kind of working against you, um, you know, until you get really get up onto, on, onto that plane. Um, but it takes a while to get there. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that campaign was a big, was a big, um, 
first for us. And then, you know, soon thereafter, we're starting to, it's, you know, I think it's really been the customer, right? It's the, the people that we reach, you know, around the world. We, we sent that Kickstarter campaign. Uh, we sent product to 40 countries around the world. And mm-hmm. I think we hit, we hit pretty much every single state in the United States. So um, that breadth, that breadth of customer, I think <clears throat> is really um, what, uh, what, what did it for me. And then, you know, on top of that, we see, you start to, people that are interacting with the brand itself. You can tell that, that they're responding to the brand and not just the product. Um, that uh, even just little notes that, that we receive from customers over the years, um, those are affirmations that really, um, I think, that really fire me up and fire, have fired our team up along the way. Have you had, and then you're talking about kind of the, the frustrations, the good, the bad, you know, the, the entrepreneurial struggles, uh, that that we're talking about a little bit, but have you had yet maybe that kind of if they call it the dip? You know, one of my one of my favorite books. I don't know if you've read it. Yet, it's called The Dip by Seth Godin. About do you lean in, you know, and, and keep moving forward, or you know, do you go the other, you know, and back away? Have you had that kind of moment where you've questioned it? You know, that dip moment, as you said, where okay, I'm leaning into this dip. I'm going. I'm I'm all in, and obviously you are. But mm-hmm. that point where, you know, maybe somebody had to try to you know, talk you out of, of going the other way. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. I mean, um, I think, I think it's even just a, almost like a hormonal reaction that I think, you know, the high of building the business and getting it off the ground and, you know, early on there's, it's just kind of, push, 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 um, little wins, you know, feed off the little wins. Um, and, you know, for me, I was fairly young. So, you know, risk is less of a concern. Um, but as you get older and, and, you know, things move on and, you know, you raise a little bit of money from, from people, you know, it starts to get, it starts to get real. And, um, and, you know, it's, (laughs) you can only sustain, a kind of that adrenaline high that comes along with the early years for so long. You know, I think there's always, for me, there's always going to be a really powerful passion and, and kind of that adrenaline that goes goes along with this this journey. But I think early on, especially, it's it's a it's a it's a real high, and um, you know, inevitably, when you know some harsh harsh realities set in. Which happens in any in any entrepreneur's journey, um, you know. Sometimes there is that dip, and you know, it's I think it can be difficult to um, sometimes wrap your mind around because you know how passionate you are about it, but for whatever reason, you may maybe sink into a low, where um, mentally you're just not as on it as maybe you know you were for the previous two two years. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I I honestly, yeah, I, I I've gone through. Um, you know, there's uh, you know, a phase in particular, maybe about a year ago or eight months ago at the beginning of end of last year, beginning of this year, um, where, you know, there things happen with my team and, you know, business partners and, you know, cash, you know, cash was a little bit of a conversation and, um, you know, I had investors in the business and, you know, we are growing, but like, are we growing fast enough? And, you know, lots of opinions come into it and, you know, it's, 
uh, you know, it's a high stress situation. And, um, you know, like I said, I've always had a, a crazy conviction, but I think it's only, uh, it's only right and only human to, to have that self-awareness and be able to check yourself, uh, throughout. Um, because again, if you're not, you're being, you're probably being a little bit naive. It's, it's important to, to be able to exercise that self-awareness. So, you know, I, I've, um, fortunately, like I've never really been that close to actually taking a turn, but I've definitely felt the dip. You know, I definitely have experienced it. And I think there are a lot of different factors that go into creating that, uh, for, for somebody that's kind of going through a process like this. Um, now you yeah. seem like a very mature, smart, you know, level-headed, you know, calm. Even the way you're describing everything here, mm-hmm. like what what fires you up? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you've got that fire, you've got that passion. I mean, you're a lacrosse player, and by the way, I love that game. My 15 year old um, is a lacrosse player; absolutely yeah. loves it. Um, I couldn't be happier. And I used to play. You know, in the summers up in New Hampshire and grew up in the Northeast too. What, what an awesome, awesome game! I was never any good, but mm-hmm. you got to be a fiery, you got to be a fiery fucking guy to play that game at a high level. Uh, what, <laughs> what gets you going? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, lacrosse definitely got me going. Um, I, I've always been, I think, a. I think there are different types of leaders, right? Um, I've always been more of a lead through action. Um, type of leader and even on the lacrosse field and you know I was kind of known for being more of a between the lines kind of player a guy that just was going to grind it out and you know I played on the offensive side of the field but I was also just kind of like you know I was a scrapper and um, were you an attack guy or I played midfield I played offensive midfield Um, and which was fun because I'm running up and down the field uh, it's a ton of running, um, but you get the, you know, you're playing defense, you're, you know, there's a real kind of physical element that goes along with it, but you also have that opportunity to, to contribute offensively. So, you know, being able to like scoring goals, like it, I was never gifted when it came to scoring goals, but I worked really hard to kind of hone that craft and get to a point where I could be effective on that offensive side of the field. And I love that process of just learning the game in you know, learning, understanding my strengths and then applying them to the field. And I, I over the years, over the four years of playing, I I got better and I, I felt it and I saw it and I experienced it. And I think those are things that I've been able to apply um, to what I'm doing now. But, I, you know, again, it's, it's lining up against people and it's knowing that, um, you know, just always feeling like you have, you have something to prove uh, and taking, you know, a lot of, pride in those moments when you're able to to prove yourself and and i think those things um like in a weird way like what fires me up is is like is putting that work in by myself you know like i early on especially when i was starting my business like i love being at that coffee shop by myself um, knowing that i'm you know i have this vision for something that i'm building and i think if you don't love those moments um, and you're going and you're trying to embark on something like this, then, you know, it's going to be really tough. So, you know, the idea of, of letting my actions speak, uh, is really, um, I think at the core of it for me is just putting, you know, putting the hours in, 
um, you know, it's cliche, but talk is cheap, right? And um, I think building something from the ground up is all about action. And uh, it's something that I've I've really focused on is you know saying speaking when I have something to say uh, versus just kind of talking to talk. Um, but yeah, I love the process. You know, I love I really do love the process. I think it's, I don't know uh, I don't know where this is going to take me, right? But I know that I'm following purpose following my passions and uh, it's been really incredible to see, you know, it's, it's led me to meet people like you and, you know, the network that I've built uh, for, for my life uh, and my, my, for myself, my life um, is really probably the most, one of the more moving parts of all this is the people that I get to interact with on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, I, tell, I love the, the fitness community, um, you know, itself for, for me, you know, what I've experienced, first of all, I think it, when, to stay healthy, to stay active, to stay fit, um, you know, keeps you young, no no, no doubt. You, you're still really young, yeah. Uh, but for me, you know, it it keeps me feel, you know, feeling young, acting young, you know, in there too. Um, and I've just met so many incredible people through living a lifestyle of health and wellness and, and fitness. Um, and it's one of the most supportive communities I've ever really been a part of. You get a lot of type A, ultra competitive and successful people, but it's really remarkable how supportive they are overall when you kind of share that like-mindedness for health and wellness and fitness and, and camaraderie in there. Um, I want to take this in kind of a little, you know, little light, light direction, maybe even humorous direction, okay, mm-hmm. on here. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the shorts, You've got the tights. I own the tights. The tights have the pocket for the phone, you know, on the side of them and everything else. Yeah. Okay. On the tights, are you a shorts over the tights guy or do the mm-hmm. tights stand on their own? <laughs> I mean, it's a great question. Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I think having my athletic background, like I've always known of the compression item as an undergarment. And that, an athletic undergarment, and that is how we really designed the, you know, designed the initial product to function, is as an athletic undergarment. Uh, you know, <laughs> when I was starting the business, I started to, to see a little bit of a trend. And I mean, guys have always worn tights and compression on its own without maybe without wearing shorts over it. But there's this adoption this adoption of you know, wearing tights and compression uh, that started to occur a few years ago. And um, it just so happened to line up with, you know, the product category that we were kind of developing. And, and admittedly, it's a difficult, can be a difficult product to sell because it's an undergarment and it's not as not super visible. So it's been really interesting to see a lot of the people around us here in New York City wearing compression standalone, wearing our compression standalone, and it's given us this visibility, um, and it's also kind of contributed to some of our growth, I think. Um, but I will say, as I get older, you know, that out, that outer short 
starts to feel a little bit less necessary. And uh, I was, uh, we actually ran in this endurance relay race as a team last week. And I got to a certain point where I had to run like five different legs, you know, mileage ranging from four to 10 miles. And by the last, by the last couple of legs, I'm just like, screw it. I'm throwing on the, the three quarter length compression and, and that's it. I'm not even wearing a shirt. I'm just, I'm just going. Um, and, uh, it's cool. Cause like, you know, we have that function built in, like, I, I you know, you don't really need anything else. <laughs> um, how about you? You know, I'm torn a little bit. It depends. First of all, again, I'm a 45 year old guy. My is a little bit older too. I have always been a shorts over the tight guy, um, mm-hmm. w- whatever they are, especially if I'm just working out, you know, like I'm just in a gym, you know, around a lot. Of, I'm not competing in anything necessarily. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no scoring on my performance. So it's not going to make a difference, you know, necessarily you know, in there. Yeah. Um, when I'm, if I'm running, you know, and now training again for this year's, this year's D10 in the, in the decathlon, I mm-hmm. find when I'm running that the three-quarter length compression type, I can't have anything over, like you can't, you can't have anything over that. If you're going for time, I guess, and efficiency, whatever it is, I don't even know if aerodynamics is the right word, you know, you don't yeah. want more, you know, around there. Right. But on like a day-to-day daily or if I'm just in the gym lifting or whatever, then yeah, I'm, I'm an over, you know, I'll go with the shorts over the tights too, but maybe I'm just self-conscious in that regard also. But I will say when I put the shorts over the the tights, the first thing I look for is can I still reach my phone because my phone's in that pocket, you know? Because I need to, I always need to have my music there. Absolutely, no. I mean that's that's good. That's good insight for us, right? Relevant conversations too. I mean, we can get as kind of deep as we want. It's like okay, well, like. Like what covers me? Like how much do I want to be showing? You know, also right. over, yeah. over how much time in there. Right. But I would imagine that these product development conversations are kind of fascinating, interesting feedback, what you're looking at, what women may think, what guys may think, what we feel comfortable in. I mean, I think all that shit just runs through my mind when I'm throwing something on also. No, it's great that that's how your, your, uh, your mind works. It's, that's interesting. We need to, I need to tap you more. Uh, I'm just wacky. You don't have to listen. I mean, <laughs> ask a case, you know, of, of thoughts and anxieties and questions all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, yeah, don't, don't listen to a word of it. <laughs> no, no. I, I, you know, I've learned selective, you know, selective hearing uh, is important because you get a lot of feedback along the way, but plenty of people have great thoughts and uh, that's all, that's all good insight. Can I ask you? Are you are you a part of the program in New York? Did I read that? Yeah. Um, I yes, I am. Um, I you know, admittedly, have not been as as good of a an attendee recently, and um, but I you know I I do make it there occasionally. But when I mentioned actually earlier about that group that I I found early on during my entrepreneurial journey, um, that was the program. In its okay. uh, earlier days, um, I connected with Strauss Zelnick, uh, who is kind of the, the captain of it all. And um, he actually just released a book uh, called yeah, it, Becoming Ageless, which is mm-hmm. pretty awesome. 
and uh it's yeah it was a really awesome community 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 for me and it's that like-mindedness right just being around those people starting my day with um, a really positive group of people that shared a similar interest and it only reaffirmed everything that I was building right that the community of people like those people represented you know in a way the brand that I was trying to build so um yeah, I think yeah. it's awesome, and that's why I wanted to ask you about it. I'd love to bring something similar like that even down here to Houston. The D10 is, is about as close, you know, as, as I've gotten to it. Again, that community of like-minded, call it executive athletes in there. Yeah, yeah. But for those who are not familiar with the program, definitely check it out. The program, uh, New York City, I think it's the program NYC. But also, and I'd love to connect with Strauss at some point. I've just been a big, big yeah. fan of what he's done there. The book, which I've read, Becoming Ageless, The Four Secrets to Looking and Feeling Younger Than Ever, pick it up. Um, it's, it's awesome out yeah. there. Uh, but to your point, you know, these are guys, men and women, that are around, uh, and this is really part of your brand building too, right? Like your integration into the health and fitness and like-minded world and kind of walking walk in the talk for you too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's something, you know, I've always felt one of the, one of the things that has given me confidence along the way that, you know, maybe I am the right guy to build this brand. Um, because again, again like you, sometimes you doubt yourself <laughs> throughout, like, can I be a CEO? Like, am I really cut out to be founder of, of something? Right. It's human nature, um, but you know, little things like that being, you know, being a part of, uh, you know, or seeing kind of the impact, and 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 also just knowing that I can, I have the energy to physically insert myself into this community in a city like New York, and I love it so much that, like, I could do it all day, you know, like, uh, and. You know, we as a brand, we host uh, workouts every Wednesday morning called Woolica Wednesday, and for us, that's our way to just say, "Hey, look, we're showing up. <laughs> like, we're getting out there with you." And you know, we you know, we actually practice what we preach. And um, you know, for us, by setting up that weekly workout, we're you know, we're able to interface with people that that support our brand and you know, part of our community. And, um, you know, by creating that kind of that headline for it, Woolico Wednesday has given it structure so that we we can deliver on it consistently on a weekly basis. And it's been really cool. And um, for the past few years, just kind of studying even the kind of the ecosystem here in a city like New York, being aware of kind of boutique fitness trends and, you know, how these trainers in the city are becoming these powerful influencers and just the economy, it's evolved and it's matured so much in the past three to four years, and it's been really cool to, to be at the uh, at the heart of it all. Yeah, ab- absolutely. What What's the next phase? What are you super pumped up about right now? Where do you see this company? You know, we're in fourth quarter now of, of 2018. Where do you see this company a year from now, three years from you know, five years from now? What What are you thinking? You know, I'm 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 really excited about my team right now. I think it's been 
I always say that like one of the hardest parts is, especially a, a brand like ours, where you know, we really are a lifestyle brand and it requires a very immersive employee and team member. Like you really have to live it and you have to, to <laughs> really be a part of this and be ready to, to, to devote a lot of time. So we're finally in a place where I have you know, a good core team, like four, four people um, at the core of it all. And we have, you know, another six or so working with us around that core, but uh, I feel really great about the people um, and you know, the mentality of the group. And, and that's really solidified in the past few months. Um, so, you know, I think the future, the not too distant future is bright. You know, you know, we have that, that manpower and that bandwidth to really get out and, and um, reach, reach a broader audience. But I think as we look into, for us, you know, product development has been a big, a big topic. And, um, we've also done some brand, you know, further brand discovery the past few months to, to really lock in kind of what it is that we represent, where we fit into the, into the, the greater ecosystem. And, you know, one of the, the term that, that really keeps that we really landed on is this, this concept of the active way of life. And, um, you know, for us, that's what we want to represent. And, and you know a lot of this new product development actually you know we want it to to speak to that active way of life and you know essentially building more products more performance based products for um this broad spectrum of of active people you know the the modern athlete as we as we refer to it and you know being in new york city it can sometimes feel like you're in a, a little bit of a bubble because you know people go to equinox they go to boutique fitness gyms and they run on the west side highway or the East River, you know, we we you know we want to look at it. We want to get out of that bubble. We want to acknowledge you know, the Rocky Mountain trail runners and that that live an active active way of life, but just a little bit different, right? Their West Side Highway is is that you know the trail up the mountain in their backyard. So you know, building products that, that acknowledges that the vast landscape uh, is really where we you know we want to we want to really take some aggressive steps to filling in filling into that space. Um, and so we've been doing a lot of studying just to, to really understand our, our customer segments across the country and the world. Uh, you know, we're doing some things in Europe to try to build, uh, build audience and um, customer base out there. Um, and then, you know, lastly for us, we, we really believe in content. We think, um, I mean, I think everybody believes in content, but we we think we have a kind of a unique um, we're positioned uniquely in in this space to really go all in um, with video and really opening up. Kind of, we want our our team wants to open up to our customer, and we can leverage social media and video and written content to do that. And um, we're going to take some some more aggressive steps to to really. Um, increase our output there and really add value through through the communication to our customer. So, you know, one of my business partners um, is a um, he worked at he's worked at VaynerMedia for uh, a big agency here in, in New York City uh, for five years and um, is a really talented you know, kind of content producer. His name is Nick Nick Dio, and um, you know, he and I are coming together on on really building out that initiative. So. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Honestly, we have, we do have a lot going on. We're actually launching a women's concept 
this holiday season. Um, but yeah, it's just about kind of scaling that that way of life and building our you know building our community. Well, it, it's super exciting stuff. I want to thank you for being part of the Midwife Mail podcast today. I love the brand. Love what you guys are all about. It holds up. I wear it. I've put it through its paces. It doesn't matter whether you're 29 or 45. Um, the stuff is is awesome, quality stuff. I told you I really love the fact that you got the uh, the, the navy and yellow for my Michigan colors on mm-hmm. there. Go go blue. Um, where can people find your stuff, Terry? Both you know your your content, the products if they want to get their hands in it, but you can also mm-hmm. get get to kind of understand what you guys are all about. Where, where can they find you? Yeah, so three three things come to mind. Uh, of course, our website, right? We're you know not, almost like eighty five ninety percent um, e commerce uh, focused, and uh, you know, everything that we offer you can find through our website. We also uh, it's wolaco.com, W-O-L-A-C-O.com, and uh, you know we're also carried in equinoxes across the country. If if you prefer to physically go and see it. Um, we're in most of the major metropolitan uh, regions throughout the U.S., um, and I think actually this holiday season we'll be picking up a few more. Um, and uh, we're working on a, actually a Barry's Boot Camp um, uh, distribution plan for the holiday season as well. So that also will have some good geographic breadth uh, throughout the U.S., um, and then lastly, I would say, uh, you know, Instagram. We, we we love Instagram. We are very active there. And we, you know, we're constantly communicating. And um, definitely check us out uh, and connect with us on Instagram. It's at Wolico. Um, but, yeah, those are kind of the main, main channels that come to mind for me. That is awesome. Terry White, founder, CEO, Wolico, Way of Life athletic company thank you for being part of the midwife mail podcast today guys out there if you like what you heard please subscribe to the show give us a five-star review we really appreciate that as we keep the midwife mail movement growing harry thanks so much matt would love to have you back again um talk more as this as the company continues to grow and progress I really enjoyed this a lot, so thank you. Uh, thank you for giving me so much time today. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Greg. Really, really appreciate it. The Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheinman was presented by Inns Group Insurance. Inns Group is ensuring success. For more information, visit innsgroup.net.